cock. <laughs> Revolution of our time. Uh, coming in hot again. Coming in hot. Coming in hot like a cat on a skillet. Is, is this is this going to be a recurring thing? Do we always start with the politics now, just to you no. know scare off all the all the not politics oh, people? This is a this is a video game podcast. People want to hear if their favourite games that they already like are great or perfect. That's what we're here to do. Let's commit some libel. Um, <laughs> when Bobby Kotick, CEO of Activision, was born. He had to strangle an ostrich to be allowed to live. It's a Kotick family tradition. That's what I've heard. People have been saying that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Literally, the moment he was born, they threw him in a pen with an ostrich and said, have a go. I'm not saying that, but I am saying I've heard that. I heard someone say that. I have heard that said. I have heard it said, and I believe it. Every weekend, Bobby Kotick goes to Mar-a-Lago. Not to play golf, he doesn't know how. He gets a big sack and he puts 50% cats and 50% hammers in the sack and then just swings it about. <laughs> oh, goodness. This is all libel. If I say it's libel... Yeah. It, it's slander, really, because I'm talking. But if I say it's slander, then technically I'm not saying it's true. So an admission of slander is a protection from slander. Checkmate, atheists! If you admit that what you're saying is untrue, you can then go and say it. So, like, you know... I, I, I'm not necessarily saying a thing that would be legally defensible, but um, Bobby Kotick eats just a bowl of shit for breakfast. Top-notch slander. Top-notch slander. Yeah. Bobby Kotick, right, <laughs> can take one of his eyes out and he uses it to peek over the tops of cubicles in toilets. <laughs> when people aren't in there, he gets off on spying on the bowls. <laughs> I got some slander. Oh, brilliant. I love slander. <laughs> Bobby Kotick doesn't care about his investors. <gasps> that Oh, that is such slander. That is not a provable statement. It, it only feels true and is a thing I've heard and seems like it would be true from circumstantial evidence. Following a very controversial uh, statement made by an unnamed party on this podcast, Conrad Zimmerman, um, <laughs> we are ending podquisition effective immediately. Um <laughs> For the implication that, that Robert Kotick does not care about his investors. We, we are deeply sorry for any offence this may have caused. Yeah, see, season two got onto its second episode and sorry, show's, show's over now. There was too much slander. <laughs> anyway, um, liberate Hong Kong, revolution of our time. Uh, welcome to Podquisition, everyone. I'm your host, Jim Sterling. I'm joined by Laura Kate Dale. Hello. I'm here. Liberate Hong Kong. How are you doing? <laughs> Oh, I'm I'm just I was just sitting back thinking that we should liberate Hong Kong revolution of our time. And Conrad Zimmerman, hello. Hello. I think the people of Hong Kong should demand freedom. I reckon if they were to demand that it'd be a revolution of our time. <laughs> should we talk about why we're talking about that on a video game show or is that just a thing we should repeat? I'm I'm curious which tap you want to take. Uh I mean I I've got all the time in the world to discuss what bootlicking craven bastards Activision Blizzard are, they who would side with... I mean, let's face it, and I don't think this is slander, they have, through their actions, taken the side of human rights violations. Essentially. Yeah. So, here's a short version. If you came here for video games and don't know much about world politics, um, China has some human rights issues. Uh, they they like to do lots of stuff like uh, they they censor big parts of the internet and you know they're just generally not great. 
to their people sometimes. Harass and detain journalists. Yeah. Harass and detain activists. Lots of harassment and detaining. I love all that. Yeah. There's there's a lot of like, we're going to do things that are bad and then shut down the internet around what we do so that you can't find out that we did it. There's a lot of that going on. You can't say our leader looks like Winnie the Pooh, even though he does. Oh, yeah. No, uh, th- their leader gets real pissed off if you say he looks like Winnie the Pooh. So, of course, I wouldn't say he looks like Winnie the Pooh. Or suggest you go look at pictures of him next to pictures of Winnie the Pooh? Wouldn't suggest that. Oh, like this podcast is going to get aired in China. (laughs) (laughs) It barely gets Uh, aired in America. (laughs) Uh, So, that's Hong Kong. Hong Kong kind of exists as its own thing outside of China. It's... it's a slightly complicated situation, but basically they're allowed to make their own laws. Yeah, they're owned by China, but they enjoy some autonomy. Yeah, like basically they don't have to have, for example, like the internet censorship that China has. They can have their own laws about certain things. And there's been a lot of protests in Hong Kong recently because they tried to do things like extradite someone from Hong Kong to China, which would have meant that they could have been tried under Chinese law. And- yeah, they they tried to pass a, a bill that would allow um, Taiwan and China mainly yeah. to extradite um, fugitives in Hong Kong, despite them not having a, an extradition yeah. agreement. And people in Hong Kong were worried that was China trying to exert influence. Well, they were worried it was going to be like, hey... If you extradite someone who is critical of China to China and then they quietly disappear... There was a lot of good reasons to be worried, yeah. Yeah. So, Hong Kong's been protesting for a while and there's a dude who plays Hearthstone, who is from Hong Kong, and he was like, hey, I don't think China should should do that. I don't like that. That was basically the statement. He, yeah. He put on a mask... In solidarity with the protesters, um, yeah. they've been trying because um, the protests are being classified in Beijing as um, terrorist attacks, yeah. which is part of why they're still protesting. The, ex- the extradition bill withdrawn that they've dropped that. Yeah, it's been temporarily dropped. It's it's been it's been shelved. It could come back at any time. The protesters want to make sure that's part of their ongoing demands. They're still protesting because yeah. they want to make sure that can never come back. They want anyone who's been arrested to be exonerated over these protests. They want to stop being presented as terrorist uh, attackers. Um, And they want police brutality to be investigated because there was um, said to be a lot of that going on as well during the protests. So they're they're still protesting. Um, I was watching the news the other day and they talked about the masks that the protesters wear. They're trying to make uh, in Hong Kong wearing masks illegal to try and knock that out. So uh, Blitzchung, this Hearthstone player, put on a mask that was... you know, representative of the masks the protesters yeah. typically wear, said, liberate Hong Kong, revolution of our time, um, during a cast. Basically just some solidarity with the people of Hong Kong yeah. who are having a bit of a time at the moment. Uh, he was with two casters, two broadcasters, who physically ducked onto their desks and quickly cut to commercial. Those two casters who did nothing, I won't say did nothing wrong, because I don't think Blitzchung did anything wrong, yeah. uh, but these two casters who did nothing yeah. except try and minimise whatever fallout there might be. Except recognise the implications yeah. of what was immediately yeah. happening around them and fleeing a terror, yeah. Yeah, they did not in any way endorse what I think were totally okay actions. That's not a strong endorsement at all when you go cower under the desk. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. pretty clear. Yeah. Um, but they've been punished. 
um, yeah. as a result of this. I want to get that bit out of the way first because that bit really steams my cheeses. And I don't blame them, by the way. I want to make that clear, too. Like, I do not blame them for wanting to be as far away from a controversy like this. I, you know, I don't agree with the, their position necessarily. I'd like them, I, I like everybody to be, you know, standing in solidarity with Hong Kong. But yeah. But equally, I, I understand sometimes going, I you know, if this job is your livelihood and you don't feel like you can necessarily take a stance on something publicly in case it affects your livelihood, I, I get it. Yeah, I get it. Activision Blizzard, by the way, um, doesn't get it and doesn't uh, stand by anyone's right to freely express themselves despite saying they do. Um, the ideals that they promote in their games are pure fucking lip service now. Uh, because they have withheld prize money that they owe to Blitzchung as a result of this, standing behind very vaguely written rulings that allow them to claim they're just following policy. They're just following orders. Well, their, their policy specifically is the most bullshit bananas nonsense nondescript policy. It basically boils down to, did you do something that makes us look bad to a certain group of people somewhere in the world. If any group of people anywhere in the world doesn't like what you did and, and doesn't like us because of it, we can get rid of you. And we can withhold your earnings and we can ban you from playing. They say if they or Blizzard are brought into disrepute with um, a portion of the public, yeah. then they can withdraw prize money and refuse to work and suspend the, the people in the Hearthstone competition. What they didn't really point out when they announced that they're severing ties with Blitzchung for a year, they didn't really announce that that portion of the public was the Chinese government. Yeah, it is basically, hey, Chinese government, please don't ban our game from being played on your internet. That would be a lot of people who couldn't play our game. Right, because like any other major entertainment industry at this point they are recognizing that the main opportunity zone right now is china yeah and the keys to the kingdom are held by a very few people that could completely shut you out of that market yeah if 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 you have ever wondered why like most hollywood blockbuster movies at some point have a scene where the characters go to china for something that is because it makes the films sell better in China because it is a huge market that, you know, companies like Blizzard are terrified to, to stand up against. I've had people come to me and I've seen the argument made that, you know, that they understand Activision Blizzard's position here because they're kissing goodbye to billions of dollars if they offend the Chinese government. Okay, I mean, first of all, I've got no sympathy for a, a company that already makes billions of dollars um, making fewer billions of dollars um at the but but we can say okay fine they want to sell their products in china it's a huge market it's an overwhelming market but you also do have to admit that to do that they understand that they're doing it all day long sympathize with them doing it all day long if you want to but you have to also admit that you're sympathizing with a corporation that is propping up uh, a totalitarian government. It's, it, it is putting the rights of a government that does not want to be so much as criticised above a person's right to share their opinion about the independence of where they live. Yeah, and this, by the way, is actual censorship. This this is yeah. This is one of this is the purest case of censorship you can find because this is the government suppressing speech. Yeah. 
that's it. Like I've I've seen people present this as oh this is this is Blizzard suppressing speech, but it's this is the Chinese government suppressing speech by you know going by leveraging what they have against a company. And it's an indictment of capitalism at the end of the day, too. It's just like all the rest of this. It's more important that they make the money than it is that they prevent harm to people. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. As as usual, it comes back to the system that these are all operating in. Um, I think there's some irony with, um, if you're one of those people that yell about how, you know, capitalism is better than communism, I find it hilarious that a totalitarian communist government is having capitalistic businesses capitulate and grovel for them. Yeah. So, politics corner. This is a video game podcast. Do you want to hear whether the games that you like are great or perfect? That was, that was, that was, <laughs> that was video, that was important that was important video game news, I think. No, 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 no. If, no. if you say anything vaguely political, what they want to know is, uh, is Nathan Drake's hair. How do it look in New Game, please? Ah, uh, well, uh, it's, it's, I don't know how it's going to look, but you're going to be able to feel the tension of it in the new PlayStation. Ooh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw your article on that. I agree with that. It's a really cool idea, but it, sh- it, it ought to be optional. But yeah. let's talk about the idea. Tell us about this. And by the way, folks, trigger warning. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my Netflix special? Ha, but triggers are actually, a, you know, important, you know. I know, I know. Um, yeah. that, that's why I quickly followed it up with where's my Netflix special to make sure that I I actually... Indeed. Yeah. PS5, let's talk about it. It's actually officially called the PlayStation 5. Of course it fucking is. What else was it going to be called? But Sony have said the words now so we can say that's what it is. I wish they'd given it some ridiculous ridiculous code name oh no it's gonna be called the playstation 5 because like we've seen what the dev kits for this thing look like they're shaped like a like the letter v oh my god have you not seen these uh these dev kits no i haven't seen this image look look up playstation 5 dev kit and there are sketches and developers have confirmed publicly on twitter this is what the dev kit looks like it just looks like the letter v Oh wow, that is Oh yeah. That's a thing. You could you could slide a, a pint glass on <laughs> there. Make it a little table for your drink. Yeah. So th- this comes from Wired who I, I don't know how they've secured it, but they keep getting like the the rollout of news for PS5 seems to be that Wired just keep getting told shit like, oh come see Sony and we'll tell you about like three new weird bullet points about the console. Um yeah, E3 is dead. We don't need E3 to tell about consoles anymore. Nah. Um, but yeah, so PlayStation 5, uh, uh, there's a bunch of nonsense information. Um, ray tracing will be hardware-based. You'll have to install all your games on hard drive because they want to make the most of the SSD. Uh, they've got a fancy kind of rumble, so if you're in a driving car game and some of your wheels are on the grass but some are on the racetrack, you will feel different kinds of rumbles on different sides of your controller. Oh. Ooh. But there's one thing that I found really interesting, which is resistive triggers. And the idea is, let's say you're trying to pull open a a heavy door. They would use software to tell the controller, make that trigger harder to pull to like simulate the, the weight of pushing the door. Or if you're trying to pull a bowstring, it'll start off easy to pull. But as you pull it further in, it'll get harder and harder to pull, you know, trying to use the triggers to simulate the feel of various things in games. And... I think it's kind of a fun idea. Like, it sounds fun and interesting. Um, I 
I don't think it's going to be revolutionary and change games, but I, I'm I'm up for trying it. I would like it in games where you want, like, if you need to finesse something, like you, um, like Metal Gear Solid games often had that, where they want you to lightly press something yeah. to aim and then press harder to fire. Like, with more resistance to, to fine-tune it, I could see it, like, like yeah. being able to do precision better, not just resistance against you, but more precise use of the triggers. Yeah, well, like, I was thinking of, I was trying to like think about what you could use this for and say you you could have, um if you're trying to do the trigger in a shooting game, very little resistance up to a point and you know, you put your finger on there, it's it's like you're putting your finger on the trigger, uh, it'll go into your zoom and then there's a sort of hard point and as you click past that, that's your trigger. Like, making aiming and shooting one trigger could be a cool thing you could do with it. Like, there's, there's cool applications of it. Yeah, that's it, fine. Yeah. I... It... It is sort of though. I mean, it, it kind of just re- how much innovation can we ever expect anymore? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 fair. It's yeah. It's one of those things that like if this wasn't in the controller, I would in no way have noticed and would not have complained about its absence or anything. I'm a sucker for for these little controller gimmicks, like yeah. the. The coloured light on the PS4 controller that changes colour oh. adds nothing. Like like you said, if it was gone, I wouldn't miss it. But that it is there is always a neat little gimmick. I really like that stupid one. When it's implemented in a game in some way, I think that that's kind of interesting. It's the same with the touchpad on the DualShock 5. Yeah. Like, it, it's really rarely used to any practical end. But it's there. Yeah, there is some. There are some cool games like um, Astrobot, which is one of my favorite VR games on on the PlayStation. That uses the the touchpad really well. Like, there are some games that do it, but I like the speakers on controllers. That yeah, yeah, yeah. The the speakers. Um, when it, when the, when they had it on the Wii, and you played No More Heroes, and you'd get phone calls on the Wii remote, and you'd hold it up to your mm. ear. That was such a neat little thing. Yeah. And the PS4 does it with certain games where you get like comms yeah. chatter or someone talking to you on a radio, and it comes out the speaker on the controller. I'm always a sucker. It it doesn't really change the game in any way but it's just a fun little gimmick and that's yeah. the same way i'm thinking about these triggers as well it's like not gonna add too much but it's just a neat little idea but it is interesting that the like the innovations now all seem to be on the input side right because it's just yeah. gonna be more graphics you yeah. know higher yeah. resolutions yeah. better frame rates uh, better access speeds. That's what you are going to get out of hardware now. Yeah. The biggest hardware revolutionary idea this generation, and I said this right at the beginning, and it's still true, is the share button. Oh, yeah. The share button on the controller is is truly revolutionary for the age we're in. Yeah. yeah. I get so much mileage out the share button on the PS4 and on the Switch as well. I fucking hate it because <laughs> I'm always hitting it instead of the touchpad, which is generally the substitute oh. for select, which is what I'm used to. I don't like that the PlayStation puts it where the select would be, but I love it on the Switch where it is in its own dedicated position. I use that so often to capture just little clips of games where I'm like, I'm really enjoying this game. I... I'm not ready to write a full thing about this game, but I just want to stick a clip up on Twitter and go, this is why this game is cool. Watch, like, 30 seconds of footage. It's an innovation that I have no use for, generally speaking, but I can totally see why now its time has come. In the social media age, it was 
it, it's a genius move. It was the best idea Sony's had in a long time. It's really solid. Um, but yeah, the 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 reason I wanted to talk about that that trigger thing is the one concern I have about it, as cool as it sounds, as a weird little idea, is. I think it needs to be an optional thing. I don't think that this can be a mandatory thing that happens in all games because no, no, and it won't be. Yeah, well, I, I, I hope so, and I believe so. I, I think that is likely, but I think it just needs saying this cannot be a mandatory thing because if it was, there's a bunch of people who suddenly wouldn't be able to play PlayStation games anymore. Anyone who's got arthritis. Uh, hand weakness, any kind of like muscle fatigue syndromes, anything that would stop you putting like index finger tough pressure on something. Yeah, there's definitely accessibility concerns here. My uh, my thinking on this is that it will be mandatory for all of the first party studios to try and implement this in some way into their games. Yeah. But ultimately, the feature will be optional on a toggle because I. I think that this is going to be something that's going to be brought up by people that that arthritic or you know people with uh, muscular dystrophy yeah. Uh, yeah. will will struggle with that. And with Microsoft making the strides it's been making in yeah. accessibility with different control options for people, Sony can't sleep on that. Well, that's that's it. Like I I think the biggest mistake Sony could make right now would be to make any concessions that would go like oh, we're not the place for disabled gamers. Microsoft definitely is. Like, that's that's just not a good move yeah. for them. Um, but, yeah, like, I I can imagine there are probably... If, if it was mandatory, there probably are some game concepts you could build around having to use it that probably couldn't be done any other way. And, you know, I will acknowledge, yeah, there's probably some cool game ideas that we can't get if it's, if it's, man, if it's optional, but I think it needs to be optional. This has to be a thing you can turn off. Yeah. Still a cool idea, though. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's it's another little controller gimmick, and I'm fine with that. I, same. Like, other than that, it sounds like the PS4 controller is going to be, uh, the PS5 controller is basically going to be a DualShock 4, a little bit heavier, better speaker, better battery life, basically just like a slightly heavier DualShock 4, and I'm like, yeah. I'm fine with that. Like, you know. If it, if it isn't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. Um, subtle improvements are better than trying to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Make make this a DualShock 4 Pro rather than a totally new thing. Yeah. And they've, you know, they've iterated on the DualShock idea, I mean, since since the very first PlayStation, basically. You know, the, the original controller shape-wise and design-wise is really not that much hmm. different from what we have now because it works. Yeah. It, it It is perfectly suited to the task. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, with that out of the way, what what have you all played this week? Um, I will lead off then. I, I did Ghost Recon Wild... Uh, I was going to say Wildlands. It's, they're all the fucking same. Tony Buncombe's yeah. Cheesy Crisps. Ghost Recon Breakpoint... What a load of fucking shit. Tell us about this shitty game, Jim. Um, it's hard to. I was blackout drunk at the time. <laughs> um, I got absolutely wasted to do a video on it because I could not think of another way to make it even vaguely interesting for myself. Incidentally, people really like the video. Um, but it's depressing at this point to play that and, and just be like, this is... This is the ideal video game in the eyes of these publishers. This boring, brown, drab, repetitive, slow, grinding, 
rubbish. It's it's such rubbish. It's it's the worst of the live service Gold Rush distilled into a video game. Just a, a big open forest with the same bits of gameplay dotted around an otherwise vast empty map. Buggy as hell. Broken. I mean, it's it requires you to always be online, but that's not a requirement the video game des- has decided it should have. Um, when I bought it, I managed to get like, I don't know, 20 to 30 minutes of gameplay in. Then the servers went down for two and a half hours and I'd just bought it. Yeah. And I couldn't play it for two and a half hours. It's unacceptable. That's less than ideal. I'll give you that. Yeah. It's ugly. It's glitchy. Um, it, it Its own interface confuses itself because it dots interactive things around and it's holding one button to interact with all of it. And it doesn't know what you're trying to do. Whether you want to get on the motorbike, talk to the person, or pick up the thing. It's all square for all of it. <sighs> and you've got to, like, jimmy around on the map. Like, try and move your character around a pixel at a time to try and get them to switch focus from one interactive object to the other. Um, the gameplay is awful. I mean, these looter shooters, where you're just getting incrementally better assault rifles and pistols and shotguns. I mean, that's where loot fatigue comes from. That's something I coined for... Um, I think I, I first coined it for Anthem. Loot fatigue, where you're just so sick of loot. Uh, which you shouldn't be in a game that's all about loot. You shouldn't get more guns and think, God, now I've got to go into the menu and change that boring assault rifle for another boring assault rifle and then manually scrap all of the other assault rifles I've been collecting. You compare it to Borderlands where it's like, there's a shower of guns and there's one that's better than the other ones and I can just take these and collect them and then sell them really, really quickly to a store, to like a vending machine. Um, And the guns are always unique and have weird properties. It's like in Diablo, all these different stats and cool things they can do, different effects. Whereas a looter shooter, it's here is a better pistol and then a better one and that fundamentally there's no real difference but you're gonna have to constantly spend time in your inventory managing this shit these identical guns because one of them is rated a bit higher than the other one and i'm so sick of it i'm sick of looter shooters that don't know how to do loot correctly my biggest thing with all these tom clancy games is I don't think they're coming out as frequently as I think they are, but in my head they're just they're they're just always coming out and they blur together in my head and I I've yeah. I've just started to autofill them as serious shooter goes and does shooting yeah and takes it seriously yeah it's it's military guys do killings yeah yeah and it's it's you know there there are certain series where it's like yeah okay every time it's military guys go shoot shoot shooting but i usually know like here is the thing that should draw me to this one like call of duty it always used to be the single player campaigns it was good for a few hours of like big budget action movie nonsense you know there's there's ones that try to be like borderlands where it's all colorful and over the top um the Tom Clancy games all just kind of blur together. They're just yeah, uh, being a bit serious, shooting a gun. Yeah, and it's a terrible, it's a terrible setting for a loot-based progression system. Yeah, because where can you go with it? You you can't go anywhere with it. It well, here's the thing: 
you can't get too excited about whatever you're given because your character has to be really stoic about what they've received. It's just like, yeah, okay, I've received the next gun and that will take me to the next objective because yeah. I am a serious military man. And there's no personality to them or the protagonists or the antagonists or the world. I mean, you get dropped into Breakpoint and it's just a muddy forest. And every now and then there's like some, like it's supposed to be some like high-tech libertarian island and there's potential there but then you get dropped into the game and it's just enemy camp after enemy camp after enemy camp with the the same boring soldiers in it repeating the same boring phrases and between those camps is a vast expanse of trees and mud and this is not a world i want to be in because i can go outside it's mississippi i can go outside and be surrounded by trees and fucking mud it's everywhere <laughs> And it's not an exciting world. Um, and yeah, I mean, they, they had The Division 2 out earlier this year. And this is basically that, but worse. The, the multiplayer is worse. It's, the, the setting is worse. Um, the premise is worse. It's, it's The Division 2, but just everything is more boring and grey and po-faced and broken. Yeah. I mean, the driving physics are amazing. You want to be able to try and drive as much as possible because, like I said, there's nothing to look at. It's all just trees and mud and rocks. Um, but you clip on a sapling and your car will go flying. <laughs> the physics are oh. such that there was a gas canister on the floor, a tiny one, and it's, it's not an interactive item. It's just part of the environment, but it has its own physics. And it's on my video. I, my, car, my, my front wheel goes over it and the entire car does a 180. It just spins 180 degrees. Oh. And, and, and yeah, it clips a sapling, it goes flying. Um, enemies, the AI on the enemies is ridiculous. Uh, they, they, couldn't, they couldn't find their own anus. They, the physics are balked. The servers are unstable. The game is boring. It shouldn't exist. They already had The Division 2. I realise that commercially they've got reasons to do this, but creatively there is no reason for this game to exist. They already had an open-world Tom Clancy looter shooter live service piece of crap. They don't need two a year. That's why, that's why even though they, they aren't as ubiquitous as one thinks, they feel that ubiquitous. They feel like they're constantly coming out because they are so oppressively long-winded and boring. They take days to complete. What does completion even look like for these games anymore? There's no end point. Sure, you get to the end of the campaign, but you're still expected to keep playing for no other reason than to keep playing. To what ends am I playing Ghost Recon Breakpoint? To play more Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Yeah. But I'm not having any fun playing it to get to any point. Well, tough. You're playing it, it's like Fallout 76. There's no reason to play it. The only reason to play it is to play it. There's no ends. Justifying the shit means. Yeah. See... I, I played a thing this week that, like, I had the opposite experience where I was playing it just to play it, and that was a positive thing. Um, so I've been playing a, a, a game that just came out on the, the PS4 called uh, Concrete Genie, which is, I think it's a one of Sony's first-party studios made basically a little budget indie game type thing. And you, you've probably seen this in, like, uh, press conferences at some point. It's that sort of neon graffiti painting game. I did see it on the storefront and checked it out then. I saw it listed as a VR game and 
switched off. <laughs> oh, VR is an optional mode where you paint on a wall. It's not like the game is not designed to be played fully in VR. Oh, okay. We, yeah, it was tagged as VR and I just I moved away. Cause... No, there, there is an optional VR mode that is okay. kind of pointless and I really didn't stick with. But um, yeah, the main game itself, it put simply, it is a game about going and painting graffiti all over a really sort of... Uh, downtrodden town you're sort of like all of the shops have started to close windows are smashed in everything's a little bit grim and grimy um you're a little kid you like art some bullies tore up your sketchbook a bit everything's just a bit grim and miserable one of your pictures comes to life they give you a big magic paintbrush go paint the town that'll fix things um it's kind of a simplistic premise like a lot of the stuff about this kid is like ah but, but you are magic because you do creative things um, there is actually some, some like some pretty neat stuff in the story about um, about the ways that when real world towns get sort of like start having places close and you know are in disrep- uh, disrepair, that can become a self fulfilling prophecy that makes towns struggle to get themselves back up and moving. Like some some of that was really interesting. Um, but basically, there's a couple of little stealth sections where you're avoiding these bullies just to, to go around. But most of it is go paint graffiti on walls. Um, you have a bunch of pre-made little sketches that you can use to, to make all these bits of drawing. So even if, like me, you are shit at drawing stuff, it's all, all of these little components of art adapt to where you place them and how you connect them to other things. So it does a really good job of letting you make what you want to make while basically smoothing out the edges so it looks good even if you shit um in terms of getting through the game you could fucking plow through this game in probably a couple of hours if you if you wanted to each area has like two or three walls where it's like get some graffiti on that wall doesn't matter what's on there as long as there's enough paint on there and you've hit all the walls that need paint on them door opens next area keep going but that's kind of not the point of it because so much of the game is built around like hey this town has just sort of assumed that nothing's ever going to get better for it and you're just trying to brighten things up the art system is really nice and easy to get into and it provides a lot of really aesthetically pleasing results and i didn't just go and do the here's the walls you've got to do to progress i found myself trying to cover most of the walls with stuff and i think that was a a sign to myself that i was really enjoying the game is like i'm doing the core gameplay loop not because it's going to unlock an objective and let me progress forward in the game. I'm doing it because it's just really fun to make art with this tool set. It's quick, it's easy, and it looks good. If the means are actually enjoyable, yeah, then an end is not necessary. Not necessarily necessary. Yeah. I, I was going out of my way to spend longer than I had to in areas because the narrative justification really made me invested in I just want to paint nice stuff on all these walls. Um, it's a short, simple game. Like, it, I played through it in about six hours. You could probably squeeze a few more hours out if you wanted to really sort of get every surface painted. Um, most of it, as I said, is occasionally avoid bullies and then do some more painting. There's a bit of a combat section near the end. It's not great. It looks flashy, but it's, it's just kind of mediocre. But the core gameplay loop of just running around painting really beautiful stuff all over this town is really fun. Um, there's sections where you have to create little uh, paint monsters that will come help you out. And 
you, you build them out of all your little paint parts and then they'll animate and they'll, you know, travel across the walls and travel with you to do things. And there's something really nice about, like, painting a thing and then it believably moving through the world with you. Um, it's a really nice, beautiful little thing. It didn't outstay its welcome. It was, you know, single sitting and done. Nice little game. I like those. I like that. Those are the kinds of games that I enjoy the most are the ones where I just play them for like six hours, eight hours at the most. And then I'm done with it and I feel satisfied. Yeah. Uh, and there's so few of those experiences, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, nowadays. It's the difference between a game that is designed to be engaging versus a game that is designed for engagement. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and that's part of the reason why I tend to gravitate towards like roguelike games because they're session oriented. Yeah. You know, I spend 40 minutes maybe playing it at a go and I put it away and I come back to it on another day and Well, that's that's it. Like I I might only spend an hour playing Binding of Isaac and go that was really satisfying and it might be a month or two before I come back to it, but I'll, you know, have a short play session, feel satisfied. You know, it, it feels, you know, you're, you're not having to do a lot of busy nonsense work to pad out the time. Right. Yeah. It, it, it knows what length it needs to be to be satisfying. Yeah. And so, like, that's what I've been playing this week, actually, is a, a, a little roguelike called Basingstoke. Oh, I, I'm so glad that you 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 you've played this because I I really like this game. Yeah, and it's been sitting on my Steam wish list for a long time because the aesthetic is really charming. Mm. It has these blocky characters and um, it's just really cute. Everyone sort of bobs around in movement and uh. Uh, it, I like that a lot. It's very very charming, and so that's what initially drew me in. And I guess I didn't really anticipate the proportion of stealth that this game is it is really a stealth game because yeah. everything kills you in a single hit and it, you're the premise is that you're trying to make it from this place where you were getting a job interview when the zombie apocalypse happened to out of the city it's it's all set in a very British. It's set in Basingstoke in England. Yeah. It's all of your road signs are English. Uh, it's very clear that like ah the pub that you go through feels very British. It's it, it is very much. It, it's got that sort of Shaun of the Dead style. Like you, this is definitely a very British zombie invasion. Yeah. There's a there is a cricket bat, of course, that you can find. Yes, of course there is. Yeah. Um, and the crafting system is kind of interesting in that you can craft together from these recipes that it informs you are unlocked when you have all of the ingredients to produce them. And they're all from items that you loot off of corpses or you find in cars as you're moving through the environments to get from entry point to exit point. Yeah. And, uh, it, but, but then when you get to your exit, you're at what is like a campsite and all of the stuff that you collected gets accumulated at that site and then you can take a certain amount of it with you into the next stage which over time that capacity increases but you know it's sort of like you have to remember to do your crafting in the level while you're in danger before you finish Otherwise, you may be stuck with a whole bunch of materials that you now can't necessarily use to make the things that could have been useful in the next stage. Yeah. Uh, so the progression's interesting. Uh, it, there's, 
as now I'm into the second half of the game, there's a little bit of repetition in terms of environments, which is, you know, it's fine. It's not overdone, but... You, you can tell it was made on a on an indie budget. And yeah. But they were like, well, we will put lots of money into the environments we do make, but we will reuse them a little bit just to, to stretch out yeah what we can do yeah but it's a lot of fun and i've i've been enjoying running through it and uh I'll, i will probably see it through to the end at some point but um yeah. yeah yeah and if it's still on sale it's probably a good time to get it i think they have it priced at like 30 bucks which is maybe a bit steep for what you're getting there but uh it's it's fun i like it uh yeah how, how much is it currently uh let me have a look because i yeah, like twenty three pounds on Steam at full price. So like it's yeah, it's it's a little on the pricey side maybe for what it is, but it is a really lovely little game. Um, I I I at some point want to go to actual Basingstoke and I want to go and take a bunch of photos and basically write about how accurate a representation of the end of the world is this game's version of Basingstoke. Well, it's it's funny <laughs> because uh, before I had made the purchase and I'd had it sitting in my uh, Steam wish list forever, uh, one of my co-hosts on another podcast that I do uh, of horse a BoJack Horseman fan cast plug, mm. uh, Elodie Cunning lives. In Basingstoke. I, I am aware of Elodie. Elodie is wonderful. Yeah, she's a delight. Yeah. And, uh, but she had moved there recently, and in conversation, the name had come up, and I thought she had been referencing having played the game, so when it went on <laughs> sale, I went to ask her, I was like, oh, hey, by the way, how is this? You said you'd played this, and it's just like, no, I, I, I live in Basingstoke. <laughs> there's, uh, there's a game, and so maybe she's bought it now, too. I don't know, but... yeah. Ah, uh, wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else is there on there? I, I played a couple of things this week. Um, I, I, I the, other, the the other like game I put some time into was uh, John Wick Hex. Oh, I've seen a lot of like chatter about that. Yeah. So this all sort of got announced and released pretty short notice. It's uh, it's by Mike Bithell, who is the person that did uh, Thomas Was Alone Volume those those games. Um. Uh, how, how do I talk about this game? Um, I previewed it a couple of weeks ago and my thoughts haven't really changed. Um, the concept is really cool, but not necessarily much in feeling with the tone of John Wick. It doesn't feel like a John Wick game, but that doesn't mean it's not a good game. Um, so you're playing as John Wick, going around doing your elaborate murder routines, you know, fighting through areas. The system they have is every action you take takes up an amount of time um it's turn-based uh, everything is turn-based but you've got this timeline at the top of the screen and if you go to do an action say move a certain number of spaces or fire your gun or do a dodge um it'll show you how much time that will take on the timeline and how much mm, it'll also show when enemies are going to do things so you can plan out, like, if I try and shoot this person, their gunshot is gonna fire before mine will, for example, or if I try and run, they'll have time to do this before I can finish running. Um, it, it kind of feels in some ways like something like super hot. It's very much, you can stop, take your time, you have a lot of information and control about doing actions and not committing to them unless you know that they're gonna be safe. 
or what degree of safe they're going to be. And much like Super Hot, when you finish a level, you've murdered everyone, made it to the end. They do a, a big sort of replay without all of the pauses to think and pick from menus to try and go, hey, here's what you actually did, you know, in real time. Try and make you feel like you're John Wick. The problem is, it's kind of clunky. Um, it, it definitely feels like a budget title. Um, in those replays, the, mm, the character... Mm, how, how do I put this? Everything is just a bit weird and stiff and janky. Um, the, the thing about a character like John Wick is because the whole appeal in the, the films is so smooth and elegantly just like b murdering people. Having any degree of sort of awkward stiffness to those replays sort of takes away the appeal of them. They're not as, they're not as fluid and exciting as say watching a super hot replay. But I do really enjoy it. I, I think that as a tactical uh, game from, you know, a, a sort of turn-based murder game where you have a lot more information than you would normally have about what you're about to do and can make more informed choices. It is really fun. I suck at turn-based strategy stuff and being able to sort of get a better sense of how my actions would interact with the timing of enemy actions made me enjoy it more. The same way that I enjoy Super Hot because I suck at shooters but when I can take my time slowly, I feel more in control of what's going on. So, it's not a bad game. It's a bit janky and um, a little bit on the cheap feeling side, and it doesn't necessarily, you know, it doesn't capture that feeling of effortlessly, thoughtlessly murder ballet all, all eff efficiently that you, w you would expect out of John Wick, but it's still a fun game. It's been on my radar. I've been uh, interested in checking it out. So I will have to find time to do that, I think. It's it's worth it's worth playing. Just set your expectations in the right place. If if you like the thought of a slightly cheap uh top-down strategy take on a super hot type mechanic, it's it is pretty fun at that. Ah. Yeah. Anyone else played any, anything else? I've been trying out more of that Apple Arcade. Yeah? What have you been playing on there? And by that, I mean, for some reason, I just play Sonic Racing, even though it's not a good game. <laughs> it's not a good game, but I think it's just so brainless and easy to do that I can have, like, shows on TV playing while I do that. Um, the other ones I've downloaded seem to require more attention, and I've not been in an attention mood, so I've not touched them. But I, I played some Neo Cab. We mentioned that last week, yeah. and I played a bit of Neo Cab which is this sort of kind of visual novel type of thing yeah. uh, with you as a futuristic Uber driver. Um, pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. Visually um, got a real nice uh, artistic style to it. Um, I played a bit of that, and it seems very promising. Yeah. And because it's all on Apple Arcade, like this, you, once you pay to get in, like you're five, five bucks a month. Yeah. Um, it's worth downloading anything just to try. Yeah. Um, so I've kept that going. It's 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 on my radar. Neo Cab as one that like I want to have proper time to sit down for a couple of hours and play it, and it's probably going to be this weekend's game for me. Yeah, um, Speed Demons was interesting. It's like a, a top-down quasi racing game. There aren't many races in it. It's all every track is its own little objective, and it's very stylistic. Um, lots of most of the cars and the roads are in grey. Um, Divisions in the roads are yellow and enemy cars are red. 
um, and then enforcers, which are like cop cars are blue, and that's all you need to know. Um, really interesting. Love the style of it, but there's just too much lag, um, input lag, when you drag your finger on the screen to make the car go left and right. It kind of slowly trails behind. It's not one-to-one. And I see why they've done that, but I feel like the lag is just a bit too much, so it gets very frustrating when you're trying to dodge between obstacles or reach objectives and stuff. Um, what else did I play? There was some fucking platformer about a turtle. I quickly stopped playing that. Wait, you're anti-turtle? Fuck them. They hate freedom. <laughs> they sided with China. Um, <laughs> oh. I've downloaded loads. I've not touched many of them. It's been mostly that Sonic game. And what that game is, is it's you and two AI cars driven by Sonic characters, you know, and then you versus some other random person online that you're thrown into a thing with and you don't get to see who they are. You just see the character they pick and which character of the three is them and which is their AI. And that's it. You, you know, you touch left and right to make the cars go left and right. You pick up boxes that have items in it like you would. And the idea isn't to win. Winning is easy. In fact, I'm fairly certain the game is fixed so that you only lose one in a hundred fucking matches uh, just to keep you playing, which is one of the reasons I keep playing because I keep winning. But every time I lose, it feels really fixed. Like once a, ca- once, once a car gets far enough ahead, you will never catch up to them across even three laps. You j- the match, it's over. So the idea isn't to win. Winning's easy. The idea is to troll the other person into rage quitting. That's the only victory because the items are so annoying. And when it's coupled with a race where you know you can't win, when the other person is summoning storm clouds that track you wherever you are and just hit you and slow you down, even when you're behind, (laughs) while they're also erecting big giant stone columns across the map that you keep bumping into, and then drop items that obscure the screen with big musical notes so you can't see where you're going. I have concocted... You ch- you actually choose a loadout of items that you can get in capsules. So you can't have everything. But I, I determined that the one that summons stone pillars, the one that obscures vision, the one that summons storm clouds, and the one that sucks things in so you can suck up storm clouds if they've got them and then send it right back to them is the perfect rage quit storm. (laughs) And the thing is, is it's a mark of a bad game because rage quitting is so common. Even I've done it a couple times. Not even rage quitting, more just a practicality of I will get nothing if I finish this race. They won't miss out. They'll get their rewards for winning. I'll get nothing. It'll be quicker for me to just close down the app, reboot it and get into another race. They lose nothing. I gain time. It's such a bad design. But because I only lose like maybe one in 10 matches, if that, I keep playing. Wow. That's bleak, man. Yeah. It's just positive feedback, the game. And the one in 10 times where it's negative feedback is really negative, though. So I'm not, I don't blame anyone for just quitting. <laughs> it's awful. Dis- oh. It's awful design. Every now and then I get into a race that feels competitive, that feels like we're jockeying for position. But it's once in a blue moon. <laughs> For the most part, it really is. Either you're too far ahead to win, or you're so you're you're too far behind to win, or you're so far ahead it's not even a, a game at that point. It's just pressing left and right on the screen until you inevitably win. 
But it's better than Mario Kart World Tour, so... Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Sorry, Mario Kart Tour. At least you can play online in Sonic Racing. And it doesn't pretend. It doesn't put up fake usernames to trick you into thinking that you're beating real players. At, At least in the Sonic Racing game, if you come in first place, you got first place and you won the race. Yeah, you weren't tricked into staying engaged with the game yeah. by an artifice of positive feedback. You you came first, but did you get enough points that are decided by what randomly gatchered racer you used? Yeah. And 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 the items you get are rare, uh, uh, sorted by rarity. Um you can only have like one super rare item in your loadout. But if you do happen to be in a race where you get that one over and over and over again, and you can and will, <laughs> you feel so sorry for the other player and you know they're going to quit. <laughs> you know it's going to happen. <laughs> it's just a question of when. Just a question of when. Oh, look, I got the thing that obscures vision and now I've hit another item and it's the same one. And then I've done it again. So they just can't see for the for the, the race. Yeah. Of course they're going to quit. Uh... What a great game. <laughs> The Pokemon people tested my patience this week. I saw you tweet about this. They make you wait, like, what, a fucking day before you get to see one thing? Yeah, so uh, the Pokemon company announced last week, they were like, hey, we're going to do, like, a 24-hour live stream where we're going to show you a location from the new game and you'll be able to see a bunch of Pokemon, sort of like a nature camera, like, go, go in and out of the area. I was like, oh... This sounds, this sounds kind of cool. Like, in my head, the way I was picturing what they were pitching was it's going to be direct gameplay footage of just an area in the game. No trainer, so no actual battles or anything. Just watch the Pokemon wander in and out of shot and get a sense for how populated areas are and, you know, tune in for a little bit and go, okay, that was cool, tune out. No. This 24-hour live stream was a JPEG of a jungle... Um, that initially was fairly populated, you know, here's a Pikachu two minutes in, five minutes after that there's a Phantom flying past or something, you know. And there's a, there was a little bit at the start of like, oh, okay, I guess I'll watch for a minute, maybe get some confirmation of which uh, Gen 1 Pokemon are coming back to the new games, maybe I'll see an Ekans and know that they're going to be in it or something. I still don't know. Still don't know if Ekans is going to be in it. Jury is still out. We do not know about Ekans. Fucking pissed. Yeah. Um... So, over 24 hours, we see a single new Pokemon that we didn't already know was going to be in the game. It's fucking ridiculous. Um, No, 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 not even that. So, they spend 24 hours teasing at it with, ooh, there's a bit of a tail behind a bush. (laughs) Half an hour, 45 minutes later, ooh, you heard a sound. That's what it sounds like. Fucking dicks. An hour and a half later, there it is. But another Pokemon jumped in the way, so you didn't really see it. And 24 hours in, it's... Oh, okay, do you know that Ponyta, that one from Gen 1, that horse one that's on fire? Yeah. Yeah. They replaced the fire with Candy Floss, and now it's a Candy Floss horse. Candy Floss horse, I saw a picture last night. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, that Candy Floss horse looks fucking adorable. I want one, it's gonna be like my... That's gonna be the Pokemon I play this game with. Does look cool. But, fucking 24-hour live stream. Of a JPEG and some CGI Pokemon thrown maybe every hour or so in front of it to go. You, you'll wait for 24 hours because you want to see that fucking horse. I mean, a lot of people don't like the word pretentious used in critique, but there's not a lot more that's up your own fucking ass than that. 
oh, there, there is a certain degree of our audience will fucking do anything we tell them to, yeah. to, to pulling that shit. This is the logical progression of events. This is yeah. the slow march as Nintendo has refined and realized its direct connection with fans. And it goes back to Smash Dojo. Yeah. Like, it goes way back. I, I remember logging into Smash Dojo every day, but um, here's the thing. They know they don't need to do this. Because what was the other one they announced recently? The the Farfetch'd Evolution, where it's got like a... a, a oh, Surfetch. Surfetch. It's got a huge sword. It... They, they just put a JPEG in an email to press and within minutes, the internet fucking lost their shit and loved it. They could have done, they could have done that with this. Like They're just pushing at the boundaries. Yeah. They want to see how much they can drag out engagement. They want to see where the line actually is for them. Nintendo is so confident it could get away with fucking anything. They could put Seth Rollins and Bray Wyatt the Fiend in a Hell in a Cell match and have it end in ref stoppage. Oh, wait, no, <laughs> WWE did that. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not over Sunday night. Carry on. I, like, I'm fucking obsessed with Pokemon. Like, I put my 500, 600 hours into Let's Go Pikachu and I'm currently aiming for 800 shiny Pokemon. Like, I'm trying to go for every shiny Pokemon. I'm, like, fucking deep on Pokemon. I got three hours into having that live stream just on a second monitor, not even paying it that much attention, doing other work, just going like, I'll glance over every now and then. Like three hours in, I went, I can't even put up with this habit, having this as a second monitor glance at it thing. Yeah. I just want this stream to go away. It just, it's pissing me off that there is fucking nothing happening. When did they reveal the, the Candy Floss Ponytail? Was it at the very end? Oh, it was at the fucking very end. Why did anyone sit through it? Like, they weren't going to do it three hours in. Yeah, well, they were f they were fucking playing with people. Because, like, here's the thing. Right near the start, like, every five minutes they were doing something and people were like... Everyone got... Everyone in the chat was getting a real, um... Stock, uh, is it Stockholm syndrome or a, or a lost sunk cost fallacy? It was, I've been waiting for forty five minutes and it's just been a JPEG. Surely something will happen in a minute. Surely some, yeah. I don't want to close this JPEG before it moves. Do you think someone sat there for twenty four hours doing nothing but watching it, shitting into their hands and flinging it away, just staring? P literally pissing themselves like like Maggie Gyllenhaal in Secretary. I know there are websites that live blogged and live reacted the Fuck whole me. thing and wrote Fuck up me. news stories about, oh, we heard a sound. Was that this Pokemon maybe that we heard? We're not sure. This is how Shinra Electric Company gets to rule. This is how an electric company gets to rule the world. Yeah. They know you've just tipped your hand, general public. Nintendo knows it fucking owns you now. Yeah. It owns you now. With the rich, rich flavor of content. Yeah. You will stare at a JPEG for 24 hours because the corporation told you to do it. Yeah. And your reward was getting to see a candy floss horse that I found out about within minutes of it being revealed oh, because yeah. that's how this world works. Yeah. Well, that's it. As soon as it's shown on the live stream, they will send out an email and go, hey, Everyone who didn't bother to watch it, here's what we just showed off. But you're still going to do it. Yeah. The next time they tell you to sit there for 24 hours, pissing and shitting yourself, pooing and weeing at the same time, you'll do it. I still had it for three hours on a screen. They got three hours of engagement out of a JPEG out of me. They got you. They got you. Yeah. You'll wake up tomorrow with a price tag on your ankle. Yeah. You will be sold. 
to the highest bidder, probably Orlando Bloom, uh. to, to work on his boat. That's how this works. Corporations find out who will sit for 24 hours to watch a JPEG of nothing so they know who they can sell to Orlando Bloom to work on his boat. <laughs> Uh, this this week has just been a lot of me going like, I love Pokemon, but I fucking hate Pokemon. I went back into the 3DS games and I was like, I, okay, I've got, I've got a bunch of shiny Pokemon. I want to sort them out so I can see what I've got and what I haven't. Um, the 3DS Pokemon games or the cloud storage thing for storing your Pokemon on the 3DS, neither of them just has a button to sort your collection by Pokedex number. You have to manually swap things into place and you can't just slot one thing in between two others you have to swap the position of two things over and over and over and over and over to organize things you'll be all right laura i spent hours organizing those pokemon i fucking hated it you'll be all right if you're assigned to fish catching duty so help you if you work in the engine room uh... people get burned down there and orlando doesn't care Anyone played anything else before we finish up? Not really, no. <laughs> then, then again, you might get to work on Dustin Hoffman's bus. <laughs> uh, Jim, how's Indivisible? That's all right. I I can't divide my mind. Like my my, I'm so bad at multitasking. Like my mind is really indivisible. So I I struggle playing Indivisible because it's really clever. It's really it's nicely set up. It's um. It's evolved from, um, I think, like games like Valkyrie Profile, um, sort of active time battle system with you've got four characters and they're all assigned to the face buttons on a controller. So if you've got a PS4 controller, you know, triangle controls one character, square another, circle another, X another. Um, when it's their turn to attack, you can press buttons using press a button and also use the analog stick to attack in different directions that can do different moves and you also hold down their buttons their corresponding buttons to block enemy attacks and i i'm like a deer in the headlights with it once i get attacked i'm like i I keep pressing the wrong buttons for characters um i'm trying to keep track on who can attack right now when i should heal with something um it's throwing me off it seems really good and it is it's well put together it's visually gorgeous um, the voice acting is a little bit annoying, um, but other than that, the presentation's really good. The gameplay is fun, but I don't know if I'm able to get far enough to do a video in it because it's throwing my brain off. But it is good. <laughs> it might be another Sekiro thing where it's just this ain't how I play, even though I can recognise it's good. Um, but I'm I- I'm gonna give it another go probably today after we do this. Um, but I think anyone who's, who's like, I, I contributed to the Indiegogo on that. Like I crowdfunded for this. Um, but it might not be for me. I haven't touched it yet, but I'm in a similar position where I, I backed it and I just haven't, it's been in development so long that I just put it in a section of my brain. Like this just doesn't exist. It did surprise me when it came out. Yeah. I, I haven't paid any attention to trailers to footage i'd forgotten what fucking genre of game it was i was like i know it looked cool and i don't remember anything about it yeah i've played the demo and yet i still went into this expecting an action platformer yeah so i'm i'm looking forward to trying it it i i i don't know whether people are liking it or not i've I've just paid no attention to it because i i it's in that bit of my brain where i assume it doesn't exist and it's taking me a minute to go no it's there you can play it yeah it's 
it is a good game. It is a good game. It's just you've got to be more on the ball than certainly I am this week, as fucking sleepy as I've been. I've been so tired this week, and I don't know, maybe I need to just uh, send a couple of volts through me before playing it <laughs> so that I'm more attentive. Um, there is a button you can press that blocks everything at the same time, but I think there might be some extra cost associated with that. Um, but while I'm trying to keep an eye on who can attack next and what, wondering what I should attack with, um, I just found it a little overwhelming. And, and the game starts fairly harsh. Like, it, it throws you in there. There's one boss that does a ton of damage and you've got no real effective healing until after it's done. Um, and even then, I feel like the healing could do with a bit of a buff. It feels like enemies can take off a big chunk of change, especially if you miss the do uh, the block. And even the blocking, you still take damage. And I just don't feel like the healing can keep pace with it. Um, but other than that, like, other than that and the voice acting, which I do find a bit tedious, um, it looks gorgeous and it does play smoothly. And, and I can see a lot of people enjoying it. Yeah. 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 Oh. Is that us done for the week? Bum, 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 bum. Oh, there was one bit of news I thought was nice. You know that Avengers game that just looked like it was all the Avengers from the movies but knockoffs and it didn't look very interesting? Yeah. Turns out apparently the main playable character is not one of those knockoff Indeed. movie Avengers. It's uh, Camilla Khan, the uh, Miss Marvel, who Ms. Marvel. is an actual interesting hero that we haven't seen done to death a million and one times. And they're going to be a playable character and, like, a major driving force of that plot. And, you know, it's still going to be, like, you know, games as service stuff added to it over time. And, you know, I'm still not into that. But I'm more excited about it than I was. It has my attention, yeah. Playable Ms. Marvel gives that game some of my... more of my attention. I bought the Ms. Marvel... Um, I bought me, like, Ms. Marvel comics like the the first her first sort of major thing almost soon after it came out and i never got around to reading it i end up just buying lots of comics that i don't fucking read or i read them like ye years later yeah um like i bought yeah. the first volume of mouse guard months ago and i only read it yesterday and it's really good mouse guard's cool i i it sucks that that video game never came out for it they released an unreal demo footage of, of a mouse guard game uh, a few months ago as well and it looked amazing but it got cancelled um but yeah i need to get on i need to do some more i need to do some Ms. marvel reading I, I i ended up getting that kindle unlimited to try that out yeah and since I, I got that ipad to try out apple arcade stuff i was like i used to do a lot more of my reading on that than with books um I like books, but it's just more convenient to do it on a, an iPad or a Kindle or whatever. So I imagine I'll be reading a lot more again, like I used to. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going to check out some of Marvel stuff, and I am, I'm more interested in the game. I'm, I'm more interested now that I know that it's not just, here's the Avengers being sad about one of the Avengers being gone, let's get our spirits back up and be that same group of Avengers again. Yeah, I mean, if you've got the fucking rights to... Yeah, Marvel characters. At this point, like, give us something different. Yeah, give give me my Squirrel Girl game already. Damn right. Oh yeah. Uh, that would be amazing. Yeah, I I always thought like, uh, back before Telltale completely collapsed, I would have loved to have seen like a Telltale Squirrel Girl game. Yeah, yeah. That that. Oh yeah. Could have been great. They'd have had some fun with the the whole structure of a Telltale game with that. Yeah, you 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 see what I'm at, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 100%, yeah. 
Come on, give us a Squirrel Girl game already. Give it to us now. Tomorrow. Yesterday. Tom- t- t- yesterday. We want it yesterday. Yep. <sighs> Are we done? I think that's it, yeah. I think that's it. We, we did one. Yep. I've got to clear my schedule so I can watch AEW Dynamite tonight. Ooh. Which hopefully will have a few more viewers after Sunday's excretia from WWE. <laughs> the one, The one good thing they had. The whole Bray Wyatt Fiend thing that even non-wrestling fans had sort of taken an interest in because it was so different and new, and they buried it. Oops. Fucking idiots. But anyway, um, Laura! Me? People will want to know what else of yours they can see. Help them do this. Achieve their goals. Uh, Laura K. Buzz in all the places. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, laurakbuzz.com. That is where I post links to all of the things, be it videos, podcasts, written stuff. All of it ends up there. Laura K. Buzz on Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. Very much, if you can afford to just throw me a dollar a month, it really does allow me to keep making stuff, so please do support if you can. Other than that, I've got some books. Uncomfortable Labels is a book about being trans and on the autism spectrum. It's out now where books are sold, or it's an audiobook on laurakbuzzstore.com. There's Things I Learned from Mario's Butt. It's a silly book about video game character butt designs. It's coming out real soon. I'm on Dice Funk. I'm on that with Comrade. We'll get to that in a second. It's a D&D podcast. I'm on Pixel Square. I talk about video game porn once a week. Uh, Queer and Pleasant Strangers. Me and my fiancé do silly voices and skits and have a bit of a catch-up. I think that's about it. What about you, Comrade? Oh, you can find me on Twitter being snarky at conrad zimmerman uh you can purchase pins that i manufacture (laughs) with equally snarky sentiments on them and that's at pinfultruth.com p-i-n-f-u-l-t-r-u-t-h.com and you can hear me uh on of horse a bojack horseman fan cast talking about of horse or talking about bojack and that's uh got episodes a new episode just came out of that so cool uh we're into season three and that's where it starts getting really 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 bleak i'm on dice funk a DD podcast with laura yeah. and that is a lot of fun i play a guy who is just a guy he's he's generic mcdude face yep and i think that's it. oh uh we didn't bring up spinoff doctors and everybody <laughs> was like what about spinoff doctors i got so many people asking about spin i do spinoff doctors with with jim sterling yeah that's not been stopped like we we still need to do the 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 dead rising one i know conrad's already watched it and i need to get around to watching it we'll try and bang that out soon um we're, we're aiming at hopefully tomorrow recording it at the time hopefully. of talking which means you may see it friday or saturday yeah hope hopefully <laughs> hopefully no not a guarantee because the the world twists and turns like a plastic snake in a fire uh, but you can also hear us on boston's favorite son and a new episode of that probably just came out as of now by the time you're hearing this i posted it just before we started recording yes yeah, so it's out now pig meat frank it's called <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that's that. You can subscribe to that on places, and that's a delightful twisted journey. And I think that's it. Yeah. Um, as for me, I mean, you know, most of my stuff, if you're not seeing it, on Monday we did a gym position called Games That Embarrass the AAA Industry or something like that, um, where I, I talked about some good things for a change. And more people watched it than watched the Mario Kart one, um, which I found interesting. Um, so, hey. 
at least one video with a positive slant to it did okay. There's there's a first time for everything. Um, and if you do at all watch or are interested in my professional wrestling endeavours, um, on October 18th, I will be in Piedmont, Alabama once again, defending the uh, their YouTube championship, which I won a while ago. I will actually be in singles competition. This will be a singles wrestling match. Um, the first official one I've ever done. Um, that will be live streamed on the Pro South Wrestling YouTube channel October 18th. Um, do swing by and check it out if you're interested. I'm somewhat nervous about it. I'm very confident going in that I will leave the winner. But of course, who knows? Who knows? Um, but it should be a very good night. And that's it. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for your continued support, um, be it on the Patreon or elsewhere. I never even bring up the Patreon on this this fucking show. Well, I was just listening to your other, you know, podcast that you do for the patrons, talking about how you never bring up the Patreon, Jim. Yeah, I do. I've got other, like, I do these little podcasts. A anyone can listen to them, but they're hosted on the Patreon page. Yeah. Um, I did a Q&A where the patrons ask questions, but anyone can listen to the answers. Um, and I, someone did say, like, you never bring up your Patreon on your show. And I'm sure people would, you know, support it if they knew it was there. And I'm terrible at self-promoting and I'm terrible at... I'm, I'm, I'm too ashamed of myself when I shouldn't be to talk about the thing that funds the show. Um, but there is a Patreon <laughs> that supports everything. Um, and it helps me, you know, pay people I work with. Um, such as Laura and Conrad. And Conrad, you need to invoice me for some stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, like, like we need to get that sorted out. But, you know, it helps me pay Justin and Laura and, and Conrad for being here. Um, obviously keeps the show funded and keeps me stocked in costume yeah. pieces and music commissions and everything else. Um, but, yeah, that's patreon.com, Jimquisition. Uh, and I will try and be a bit better while still not shoving it into people's faces. But there is somewhere in between shoving it in people's faces and never acknowledging it that I... There's a wide spectrum of things between those two. Uh, and I never take any of it. So there is a Patreon page. And if you do, you know, feel like this is worth keeping going, um, do feel free. No one has to. Um, no content is paywalled. No one's punished for not doing it. Uh, it's funded purely on belief, which is terrifying, but also very gratifying. Um, so thank you for your continued support. And even if you just listen, uh, thank you still. Um, it's good for the ego, good for morale, if if people are listening and watching anyway. Um, and do share if, if you feel inclined to. And we will see you next week, um, you know, against everyone's better judgment. <laughs> and we'll see you there. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.